0: Hey there, everybody. Uh, it's Pax here. Just hoping that everybody is staying safe and healthy in the lead-up to this crazy holiday season. Uh, with our double episode last week, and with all the COVID craziness going on, impacting us in different ways, uh, this episode is uh, <laughs> just a little unhinged. Uh, we got we got a big, big episode planned for uh, next week as a kind of celebration of the end of the year, but this is our uh, inaugural Drunk Takus episode in which Hal and I just got absolutely shit-faced. Uh, here's a clip of some evidence of that. Oh,
1: it tastes uh, like fucking poison. Yeah, it's because it is. That's poison. That is um, not 100% poison.
0: So for this week, we just kind of have a uh, relaxed conversation with, uh, with Hal and I. We're kind of talking with some... Uh, uh, wonky audio quality about our favorite arcs in anime while we were absolutely destroyed so because of that our our audio quality is a little uh whack mine especially because my mic technique just went out the window after shot number 43 so um i hope that uh uh some of y'all enjoy this Uh, we're gonna be back next week with a a big kind of end of year wrap-up that i know you're gonna love but uh until then please enjoy this week's episode of drunk takus
2: Hey everyone, I'm Hal. I'm Pax. And this is Brotakus, a show where two guys who love anime do a deep dive on what is and isn't worth watching. We believe you don't have to get a major in anime anime studies to (laughs) to enjoy this wild, beautiful, (laughs) strange art form. form And we're lucky to have you on this journey with us.
0: us So, (laughs)
2: first. So, first off, <laughs> shout outs to those who show their support. Thank you to everyone who has been listening in. Well,
0: why do we begin with first off? Why not second off? We why love you know to hear from you, and we're
2: so glad you're joining us on this
1: crazy journey.
0: Oh! Oh! So that it's crazy. We're being we're being anti neuroatypical. Do you want Hateful? the Bro Takas to
2: review your favorite manga slash anime? Shoot us an email or leave us a review, and <gasps> oh, we'll so check we can only it out.
0: Favorites now? Favorites? What if it's a problematic fave like Goblin Slaunter sl- 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 Hair? Tax.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> what? What is it? <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Packs
2: and I. We were sort of looking at everything that we were up to, our schedules, our list of episodes recently, and it occurred yeah. to us that there is an absurd amount of stress just hovering oh. over our heads. Yes, that occurred like a little, to us. Like a, like a dark, angry, cumulus cloud of depression and angst. We're the first
0: to notice angst. that 2020's been stressful, so and, we're and we decided
2: that. that this episode would be something special for us and for all of you. We decided this episode we would call it "Drunk Taku." <laughs> if you can't tell, we're already ahead of the game.
1: <laughs> We've already
2: begun. Uh, at this Bucky, point, we're drinking our uh, our, choi- our drink of choice. I'm a narc. <laughs> no, narks don't get no, to do No, narks don't get to do that. They get to. They hide. They hide. They get to and,
0: listen to the intro of that '70s show while their wife cooks them. <laughs> That's what narks get. It's the standard NARC lifestyle. So, so everybody, <sighs> Pax
2: and I decided that this episode we would do an episode called Drunk Talkers, where we play a little game. This is going to be a short one, one that's, I don't know if I have to guess, between one and ten hours, hopefully somewhere in between there. And we'll, um, what we're going to do is we're going to play a game with all of you. Pax and I are going to pick our show of choice, our favorite shows. Pax, what does that show for you?
0: One Piece! Oh, uh. One Piece! Uh. <laughs> it's the G- pizza. One Piece.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna oh be God. doing... Um, I'll be doing Dragon uh. Ball Z. We're gonna pick our favorite show, and we're gonna try to describe one full season of our favorite show whilst drinking heavily.
0: <laughs> Dude, wait, wait, wait. wait. Dr- Dragon Ball Z? More like... <laughs> Dragon D's D's Balls. balls. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pax, what are you drinking Uh, right now? Okay, well, let me tell you what I wish I'd known (laughs) before I started drinking. I um, am drinking a delightful concoction. My stomach probably looks like jungle juice right now. I started around uh, an hour ago with... Pink Whitney. I had Pink Whitney and Polar Seltzer, which is one of the best seltzers. I highly recommend Get this seasonal variety pack of your Polar Seltzers in liter bottles if you want to drink that shit all day long. Polar Seltzer. Uh, First sponsor of Bro Talkers. I'm calling it now. We're manifesting. Good. Um, after that, I had a uh, really high ABV uh, brew from uh, Brewery Omagong. They are uh, my favorite brewery out of like Coopersville. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a couple fucking... Ah. <laughs> Shut up, Morty, and I had a couple. Uh, of- Morg- uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I had a couple uh, brewskis um, from there, and they're great. They do the Game of Thrones beers, and they're like really fantastic. And uh, right now, because you were talking about all of these rules that you, aka the man, are instituting, I have mixed like three um, shots of uh, Bombay Sapphire with some of that Polar Seltzer, and so we have a. Uh, What's the line? Is it beer before liquor never been sicker?
2: Yes, it is beer before liquor.
0: Well, here's the way I go through that loophole. I okay. had liquor, then beer, then liquor again. So work that out. Well, liquor Einstein. before beer, you're
2: in the clear, so I think that rule is going to apply to your whole experience tonight.
0: Exactly. However, Checkmate does it apply atheists. to different kinds of liquor? Um I'll have to consult the Bible on that one. Okay. Give me a second. <laughs> Alright. So, oh,
2: so so everyone. <laughs> sorry, listeners. We I'm have sorry. um so what we wanted to do tonight, mm. tonight is just going to be a deranged descent into to madness. And, and They could already
0: tell that, Hal. They could already tell.
2: No, 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 I know. But but what I want to explain to everyone is that next episode, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be finishing off uh, this year with a bang. Oh, you're
0: going to mansplain a, um... the next episode? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. So 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 everyone, <laughs> buckle your seatbelts. I'm going to mansplain this next month of episodes.
0: <laughs> Let's Yo, make them up, make them up, and tell us what we're doing in the future, go, go. Yeah, go. what we're doing
2: in the future. Uh, so we have an incredible episode, already recorded, we're gonna be sending it out soon with an incredible guest on YouTube, uh, I won't give spoilers,
1: because that's what narcs do when I'm already a narc,
0: and-, and it'll uh, also have happened in the past. And so also You'll be spoiling be... yourself, you're the narc. <laughs> <laughs> you, the listener, are the narc in this situation, so examine that shit, maybe. So- We wanted to make this episode just a fun
2: little game. But for the future, if you guys want to reach out, if you want to have um, any specific shows coming up in the future that you want us to dive into, any characters that you want us to analyze, any questions burning on your minds that you need us to answer for you, please hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or email us, and uh, we'll definitely get us. We've already received some hate mail this year. So if you want to send more of that, we welcome that too. Um, we really just want to hear from you, and we want you to participate in this awesome journey that we're taking.
0: Yeah. Well, so, Hal, I, I noticed that you've asked me what I was drinking, but you haven't explained what you're drinking. You you, you got a recommendation whiskey-wise. Yeah, Can you run so, us through uh, so I'm where drinking,
1: are you uh, I'm drinking uh, a nice tall bottle of whiskey made by a Mr. George Dickel. <laughs>
0: Well, Anna, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that George Dickel and uh, his uh, Dickel's brew?
1: Now, one day I went to the liquor store, and I tell you what, I walked up to the whiskey section. There's a tall, blond gentleman standing there looking like he had something on his mind. And I went up to the Jack Daniels, and yeah. I thought, well, I'm going to get me a bottle of Jack Daniels, and I'm going to walk home and drink this until I fall asleep. And he said, now, hang on there, partner. You don't want that Jack Daniels. You want George Dickel. And, and I said to this young man, I said, well, well, now, why would I want George Dickle when I can have Jack Daniels right there? It's, it seems about, seems about my speed. He says, well, now, I'll tell you who George Dickle is a man that lives right up the street from Jack Daniels. <laughs> not saying that. I' got the same recipe, and it's not even half the price. So you go on back, you grab that George Dickle. You gotta go with the Dickle.
0: <laughs> These are fabrications of reality.
2: None of the... Oh, half of that is true. I went to the liquor <laughs> store. I uh, went to get Jack Daniels. The guy was standing there. I don't know if he worked there. And he said, don't get the Jack Daniels. Get George Dickle, And I was like, who the fuck is George Dickle? And he said, just get it. It's cheaper and it's better. And they're right next to each other. And I went, okay. And so I took it home. So George Dickle is a type of sour mash whiskey. I'm drinking that. Oops, spilled some on my computer. And, um... We're going to have uh, a good grand old time today. So, Pac. And so, no, I'm about to
0: address the listeners. Yeah, so yeah, So, listeners, yeah. you're currently seeing the dichotomy of the uh, the the virgin dickle drinker versus the Chad mixes seven types of alcohol and is already feeling nauseous <laughs> nine minutes into the episode. The Chad jungle jam. <laughs> the Chad jungle jam. Oh, my God. I am going to uh, – you know what? I might two commentary on this episode. Afterwards, when I'm sober, and I'll just let you know if I'm cutting out a moment when I'm vomiting, (laughs) so (laughs) that'll be what it is. So, unfortunately, the way that this actually ends, uh, this is Pax here in the editing room, is that I wound up okay. Uh, however, at the end of the episode, around 10 minutes after we wrapped, it uh, turns out that Mr. Dickle wound up uh, biting Hal in the ass as I get a text from his roommate <laughs> 10 minutes after we wrap of him unconscious in a bathtub, <laughs> completely butt-ass naked. So, uh, please know you are, uh, you're you're seeing us pretty lit here. You're seeing us pretty lit <laughs> So, Hal, we have a very um, fascinating episode concept today. Shall you drag us through? (laughs) Okay, every guys, Uh, every guys. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
2: everyone. So, we have a few rules for tonight. (laughs) We have a few rules for tonight. Three (laughs) rules. Rule number one. Each brotaku, Hal and Pax, must spend 10 minutes describing a full season or arc of their favorite anime, complete with riffs, snarks, and shenanigans. Rule number two We begin the season with three shots back to back. Then we take a drink every five minutes of recording. Ooh. Okay, and rule number three. While Hal or Pax is storytelling, the other Brotaku has a chance to ask five questions within those ten minutes. If the question can't be answered, that Brotaku has to drink again. (laughs) If you can't tell, I am well on my way. Pax, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to roll a d4. I want you to guess. Odds are even. Okay, whoever guesses correctly, if you guess correctly... You get to go last. If you guess incorrectly, you have to go first.
0: Okay. Well, like the title of the third greatest Panic of the Disco album, I'm going to say it's shaping up to be pretty odd. Right. Hit me with that odd. Babe. Ready? Here's the yeah.
1: app that I'm using for the Dungeons & Dragons dice. I can see it. He's not scamming me.
0: <gasps>
1: oh, get ready, bitch. So it looks like I'm going first. <sighs> Okay, 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 okay.
0: Hey, Siri, could you set a timer for 10 minutes? Fuck,
1: fuck, 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 fuck. Okay, so, everyone, I'm going to take three shots, and then I'm mm. going to tell you exactly where we're going with this. All of the
0: alcoholics, where you at? let's go! Everybody packs from the future. At this point, I am watching Hal drinking so much dickle, like three full double shots of dickle in addition to what he had before. He's more dickle than man. I'm drinking so much Bombay Sapphire, my eyes are turning blue, like I'm in the book Dune by Frank Herbert. It's like the spice is overtaking me. We are going insane. We can't keep our eyes focused on anything, and it's time for drunk tacos! And we're back. Okay, listen up, uh, bitches and whores. We are back here on the first inaugural episode of Drunk Takus. I am putting on my serious big girl pants, and I am about to interview uh, Mr. Uh, Hal Pants about, uh, oh God, fuck. <laughs> about uh, his alcohol consumption. I just saw Hal take three big-ass shots of the dickle. Oh. So after taking three dickles to the throat, how you feeling, honey bunny?
2: Ooh, I'm burning! I'm burning like I got the clap, baby. Let's go.
0: Okay. Well, Hal, you're about to hit us up with your favorite, uh, your favorite shit of all time. Uh, what are we talking about today, for your 10 everyone?
2: Minutes? So my favorite series of all time is Dragon Ball Z, and this is no secret to those of you who have been listening throughout the show. But my favorite season, the thing that really turned me on to anime, the thing that really made me think
1: this. Touches something within me. This is who I am. Was the Cell Saga of Dragon Ball Z. So, well, Cell slash Android Saga. So I'm going to take you on a little journey. Throughout the wonderful world of the Cell Saga. Once upon a time. Are you timing, Pax?
0: Oh, yeah. I got you. I just had to reset it. I had to reset it. So okay. we're doing 10 minutes. And I get to ask you five questions during it, right?
2: Yep, you get to ask me five questions as I try to stumble my way through the Android slash cell saga
0: of the record. Okay, Galaxy. question number one. Uh, question number one. Oh, we're
2: already starting. Ab- okay.
0: About the cell saga. Okay. In cells, what do the mitochondria do? <laughs> They're the motherfucking powerhouse! <laughs> That's exactly correct. They are the powerhouse of the cell. Continue on your cell saga.
2: (laughs) All right. So once upon a time in the world of Dragon Ball Z in the year 1387. I don't know. I just made that year up but they have weird names for the years. I'm not You're sure what You're wasting valuable
0: the time, time describing this anyway, Cell Saga, sir. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So,
2: Android Saga. Here's what happens. Goku beats the shit out of Frieza. Frieza is like, boom, 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 boom. You won't defeat me, dirty monkey. I'm going to cut you in half. Ha! And then he throws a disc and then he cuts himself in half and then Goku's like, ha ha, I'm going back to Earth. And so he goes back to Earth. But before that, Gohan is, I think, like, nine or around six seven years old, I think at the time. And he decides, oh, I need to train to get stronger and save my dad. And so they're saving time. Vegeta goes out looking in space for Goku because he kind of has a little crush on him. Honestly, Vegeta's a little gay for Goku and it's kind of like, kind of like a thing that continues throughout the series. But anyway, um, basically what happens is Suddenly, Frieza's not dead. King Cold and his army, Frieza's father, by the way, a really big, like, second-form Frieza,
0: comes up and he's like, oh, I'm going to find my son Frieza, and I'm going to bring him back to Earth, and I'm going to
2: destroy the whole planet. And Frieza's like, yes, father, let's go destroy the planet so we can kill that bastard Saiyan, Goku, and all of his friends. <laughs> so they get there. Frieza goes down, Trunks appears. Boom, who's Trunks? He's a little, like, um, he's a little guy with a bowl-cut, lavender-colored hair, and he's wearing a jean jacket and like a his midriff is showing and he looks kind of like 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 uh like 90s teen angst sex appeal because we dragon balls he doesn't have a female fan base and
0: so that's a kid though right
1: (laughs) uh he is i think 17 he's a teen yeah i don't know it's (laughs) it's definitely not consensual if it happens anyway Is, is he even
2: wearing swim trucks no, he's just called Trunks. That's Damn. his name. But he doesn't tell anyone that his name. He just appears, and he's like, Hey, Frieza, I'm gonna stop you from hurting Goku. And Frieza's like, mm, who are you? I don't know who you are, but I'm going to kill you. Anyway, ha! And then they fight, and then Trunks turns into a Super Saiyan, and everyone's like, Holy shit, that guy's a Super Saiyan. They fight. He kills Frieza. Boom. They move on. Trunks is, uh, Trunks is like, Hey, Goku's gonna appear and like, Two hours, you guys want to hang out? And everyone's like, yeah, okay, Trunks, all right, you're cool, I guess. Wait, and didn't so,
0: Frieza already get defeated in the previous thing by Goku? Yeah, he
2: did get defeated, but then King Cold found him and then rebuilt him with a bunch of cyborg parts. So he was like Mecha Frieza
1: at the time. Oh, my God. Yeah, he had
2: like the dual distorted voices like, I'm, also a, I'm Frieza, but I'm also
1: a robot.
2: And so it's kind of like that. Um, and so anyway, Chunks slices Robot uh, robot Frieza in half, and then they wait for Goku for two hours. Boom, Goku lands on the planet. It's like, hey guys, why are you all waiting in the same place that I landed? How did you know I was going to be here? And Chunks was like, hey, just so you know, uh, I'm Vegeta's son. I'm Bulma's son. They're going to fuck and have a baby. Just so you know, I'm here. Please don't tell anyone or else I might not be born. Also, you're going to die in about uh, two, five, two years, I think. Uh, two years from a heart virus, but I have the medicine that stops the heart virus. Here you go. And Goku's like, hey, thanks. I'm going to not take it. And he's this like, okay. Insane.
0: I already don't believe that Goku had a congenital heart disease. No,
2: he, in the future, Goku dies of a heart disease. That's what happens. That's how he dies. Anyway, anyway, so is like, hey, about. here's the medicine. Here you go. Hands them hands the medicine, and everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? And then he disappears on a time machine, and everyone's like, hey, Goku, what's up? And Goku's like, hey, androids are going to appear in West City two years from now, and we have to fight them. And so they're like, okay, so they train for two years. Boom, two years pass. The androids appear. Dr. Giro and android 19, who looks like a really weird mime, I guess? And they can, uh... They're going around killing people in the cities, and suddenly Goku's like, Ha! I'm gonna stop you! You're part of the Red Ribbon Army! Boom, boom, boom! I'm gonna fight you! And then he appears, and he fights, and then he loses because he suddenly has a heart attack
0: in the middle of the fight. Second question. Second question for you. What is Goku's name sound like spelled backwards? Ukog. That's it! Damn it! You got it! That's exactly
2: right! Boom! Got it! I'm so ready. Anyway, he's fighting Android Nineteen. Doctor Doro is like, Haha, "You won't defeat me, Goku. For I am the master of the Red Ribbon Army, and I created the androids." And then the android absorbs all of his energy, energy, and then Vegeta appears, beats the shit out of the android, turns into a Super Saiyan for the first time. It's like, "Oh my God, he's a Super Saiyan!" Kills the android. Okay. They follow Dr. Jero, Vegeta in Super Saiyan mode, Tien, Piccolo, Gohan, Krillin, uh, not Yamcha, because I think Yamcha got punched through the chest before the fight actually started.
0: All your favorite Dragon Ball Z heroes, there's Yamcha, there's Gromku, there's Trunks, there's Swimmy, there's There's Lil Nas X, there's Tupac, all of them, they're right all there. All of them,
2: they're all right there. They follow Dr. Jero to his secret lab, boom. Trunks appears from the future, he's like, hey guys, what I miss? I really wanted to come see how you dealt with the androids, and then he looks down and he's like, wait a second, these androids are different from the ones I found in the future, and then Dr. Troll gets to a secret base, he opens up two new containers with two new androids inside that are twins androids 18 and 17. Boom, they're twins. One has black hair, one has blonde hair. They're both kind of hot, but also have really big foreheads. I don't know. Anyway, so they appear. And then they kill Dr. Jerome because they're like, yo, man, honestly, this being an android thing kind of fucking sucks. Let's just kill our creator and then go do whatever we want. And so they do. They kick his head off of his body. And then they're like, hey, see you later, Z-Fighters. We're going to go kill all of humanity. And they're just kind of like, okay. Um... And so they leave. The Z fighters are like, wait, Goku's down with a heart virus, which by the way, he had a heart attack during the last attack because he didn't take his medicine even though Trunks gave him the medicine to stop the heart attack. You have four and a
0: half minutes. Oh, fuck. Okay. Let's go.
2: (laughs) Anyway, androids do some shit. They kill some people. Then suddenly, boom, Piccolo is like, oh, I'm not strong enough. Oh my gosh, I'm not strong enough to defeat the androids. I have to absorb Kami. He absorbs Kami, becomes strong enough. Then he goes down, he meets a new android called Cell. And Cell is this this really big, giant humanoid insect. And he's like, I have to absorb androids 17 and 18. And Piccolo is like, no, I'm going to fight you. And so they fight. Boom, 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 boom. Cell goes and escapes, and he absorbs a bunch of people. And then he becomes like super strong and then he fights Piccolo again later beats shit out of him and you find out that Cell has the abilities of every Z fighter boom 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 he's crazy created by Dr. Jerome and the Red Ribbon Army
0: and then third so, question yeah. third question you mentioned insects what is the most populous insect in the world which is the insect that has the most of them the common house fly no ants drink you <laughs> <laughs> uh, well listenership we have owned <laughs> hell today Oh, oh, you look so upset. Okay, go, 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 go. You happy,
1: got three happy. minutes and a half.
2: Okay, boom. <laughs> boom. So Android 17 and 18 and 16, incidentally, who's really just like a really big ginger. He's like eight feet tall and huge in the son of Dr. Drow, but none of, that, none of that is explained. Anyway, they go looking for Goku to go kill him while he's in a coma. Piccolo, they finally find Goku at the Kame house. Piccolo stops him and is like, I'm going to fight you. And so they fight. Then Cell arrives and is like, ha, I'm going to resolve the androids. And Piggle's like, no, you're not! And Cell's like, yes, I am, and beats the shit out of him. He absorbs Android 17, becomes semi-perfect Cell, and he talks like this, everything he says, because he sort of has lips on his person, and he sort of...
0: It's so
2: weird, man. Yeah, really weird. And then Vegeta appears after being in the hyperbolic time chamber, which means that every day... Technically becomes a year in this other dimension, so he trains for a year, becomes Super Vegeta, and then he goes into the goes find Cell, fights him. He's stronger than Cell, so it's like, oh my god, how did this and happen? And how many? Two and a half. Fuck. Okay, alright, okay, okay. Cell is just like, hey, Vegeta, why don't you let me absorb Android 18? And Vegeta's like, no. And he's like, please? And he's like, okay. And then he's like, yes!
1: And then he absorbs Android 18. And then he becomes... Perfect Cell. And I'm I'm very perfect, and I fight, and I create a Perfect Cell tournament. He creates a tournament to
2: uh, fight everybody because he's stronger than everybody. He wants to fight Goku. Goku trains the hyperbolic game chamber. Goes and fights Cell in his perfect form, who is unbeatable. Goku loses. And he's like, hey, Gohan, you're 11. Go fight him. And so Gohan's like, what? And then Cell beats the shit out of him. And then cell- Gohan suddenly unleashes his hidden power, becomes a Super Saiyan 2 for the first time in history. Aah! Screams, and he like, powers up. Beats the shit out of Cell. Cell goes back to his second form after vomiting up Android 18 after a strong punch in the stomach. Suddenly he's like, I'm gonna blow myself up and everybody else around me. And so Han's like, no! And Goku's like, okay, I'm gonna instant transmission myself to a different planet. They blow up. Everybody dies. Cell comes back in his perfect form because plot armor, that's what it is. And Gohan and Cell have this perfect kamehameha, they fight, Gohan wins, boom, pushes back after an all-Z team fight against Cell, and boom, it's over! That's the end of the Cell saga!
0: Whoa, you've still got a minute left on the clock. That was extremely impressive. Uh, So, with all that said, I
1: am going to ask, um, Cell, uh, was he nice? He was not nice. He's my favorite villain, no, uh,
2: wasn't a but good he's question. not very nice. He's really,
1: really a douchebag. Honestly, out of all the villains, he's like, my, I am perfect, and everything I do will make you laugh, and everything I do will make you cry, and I'm better than a Freeze, and I'm better than Majin Buu, whoever that is.
0: Okay, well, you have just, like, capped off that saga in a pretty good way. You still got 30 seconds left, but I'm gonna cut it there. Um, uh, congratulations Hal on winning Juangtaku's number one can you say the thing that you like in 10 minutes contest
1: the thing I <laughs> like in 10
0: minutes oh my god I don't know if this is listenable the audience you're gonna let us know if we should ever do this again and if not just uh, you know let us know by sending us severed horse heads in the US postal mail um, <laughs> yikes okay so um, that said do you feel like this is the best saga of DBZ
1: If we're kind
2: of out of time right now. Okay, honestly, I feel like it is the most emotionally rich of DBZ. So, one thing that is different between the Cell Saga and every other saga of DBZ is the final fight. And that is the time when the Z fighters all get together and they all fight Cell at the end. This is like every Z fighter. Piccolo, Krillin, Yamcha, Tien, and Gohan, and Vegeta. All of them fighting perfect Cell at the end. Never. Never in all of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super has that ever happened. It's always gone down to either Goku versus so and so, Vegeta versus so and so, the most powerful characters versus this unbeatable enemy. This is the only enemy they have all simultaneously fought against. And that is what like makes me love this saga of like, this is the only saga in which all of these minor characters are relevant. And they have these incredible internal monologues while they're fighting this villain. They know they can't win. They know they're going to die. And, and they just do it. They do it anyway. And like as a show that in, in which it establishes that death has no consequence, that death is really kind of inconsequential, this is the one saga in which it matters because the
1: Dragon Balls don't work at this point. They don't work. So really? there's no wishing people back. And they're just kind of like, well... No one else
2: is here. We have to save the Earth. We have to save people this time, and we're gonna die. We're going to, but okay. Goku died for us. We have to set an example. We have to save his kid. It's like
1: so good, dude. Oh my god, I get emotional yeah. thinking about it.
0: Now, like my my big, a big dream for me with DBZ is that someday they'll they will recreate it like um, seasonally or or just kind of cut some of the filler from it because I feel like it's so hard for me to recommend dbz and as i'll say like one piece one piece is a ton of filler as well like yeah i feel like there are these really formative anime of our like uh our our adolescents that are kind of difficult to recommend for people who are used to more like really well produced like tied together short form series like my hero the way it's getting produced and i don't know i just hope we find a way to salvage it because like the whole meme of DBZ used to be that, like, you would see one fight tied together over, like, 40 episodes with, like, a ton of monologues and, you know, uh, one move being done per episode. And I remember the Cell Saga being so hype and the, the conflict with the androids being so just, like, a- a- amazing and, and, and cool. And I don't know, do, do you feel like somebody who has gotten into, like, anime by watching, like, Demon Slayer or Attack on Titan would still be able to, like, really appreciate the Cell Saga as it stands.
2: I think it's different. I think, like, for me, Dragon Ball Z was my introduction into anime. Dragon Ball Z was the one thing, when I watched it, it sort of gave me a feeling of, of this is, like, there are high stakes, but in the end, like, the good guy wins, this is satisfying for everybody, and it gives this message of, you know, as long as you try hard enough, you can manage. It may not go the way you want, but you can manage. And um, no, if you're, like, used to watching, like, Death Note and, like, fucking, um, like, any other slice of life, no, Dragon Ball Z is not going to be satisfying for you. But but for me, it's very much like a 90s... Uh, it's very satisfying in the fact that it's, um,
1: it feels like a progenitor to a lot of different anime
2: today. You know, a lot of these, like, like that whole powering up concept yeah. in anime, which we talked about in our first episode, that was Dragon Ball. You know, I, I mean, I guess that was also like, you know, Fist of the North Star or,
1: or um, oh shoot, what am I thinking? Yusuke, Yusuke, Yusuke. Mm. Uh, oh, uh, what show was that? Oh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one like that. But, like, Dragon Ball was the one that really, like, perfected the concept of powering up, of pushing through your challenges, of pushing through, like, this, my body is not as, my body is only as weak as my mind says it is. Mm. Um, And for me, the Cell Saga really encapsulates that because Gohan doesn't want to fight the entire time. He doesn't want to do this. He's 11 years old. He doesn't want to fight this crazy robot bug monster. He's like, man, I just want to go home and study. I just want to go to school. And Cell's just like, well, you don't get to because I'm going to kill everybody if you don't fight me. And, and it's this moment of, of reconciliation with the fact that there is a time in which peace is no longer an option. And and even though you, you descend into the throes of violence and, and, and war, you don't have to be that for the rest of your life. Um, and for me, like, the fact that Gohan's my
1: favorite character,
2: because after he, like, goes apeshit, kills Cell, he is still inherently a good person. He's pure-hearted. He works as hard as he can to support his family, not just trained to be the strongest that he can be. He goes to school. He gets a job. He supports his wife, his child. You know, he, like, a lot of people complain about Gohan being, like, nerfed. I suppose is the term. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as, as the series continues, like in Dragon Ball Super, but like, uh-huh. that, wasn't his, that was never his priority. He never liked fighting. That was the whole point of the Cell Saga. The point right. was he didn't want to, and there's more to life than becoming stronger. It is about doing what you love and staying with the people that you love and fighting for them when you have to, not because you want to. Oh,
0: yeah well hell i gotta say that um the the arc that i'm going to be talking about has a lot to do with your motivations for fighting and, and what it is that we fight for yes introduce it all right awesome so i'm gonna bring us in with that but first i need to go pp me too <laughs> okay sick so uh, we're gonna be right back after a <laughs> break and we'll see you in a second it is
1: that's poison that is not a hundred percent poison
0: oh my god okay and we're back and i've had my shots i have filled my stomach with Bombay sapphire and all this gucci goo here with the squad and the crew and we're good. How how are you feeling after your your time describing DBZ?
2: Honestly, I could literally talk about DBZ for days. It is my passion. It is my heart. It's my soul. But what I want to hear from you is about your show, Pax. I want to hear about you and your experience with your favorite yeah. show. Tell me.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna break it down first. I do gotta know for the audience though. Like, I am envious because um, us us going us going to to school together and both working in entertainment I feel like you just gain a natural kind of like affinity for being able to digest alcohol but I've always been like such a rare drinker that I feel like I am like at a significant disadvantage here because I just drank fucking like oh my god <laughs> The audience doesn't want to hear this the audience wants to hear about my favorite show the audience wants to hear about one piece and when i say it's my favorite show it's not my favorite show at all what it is it's my favorite manga of all time the story that has propelled me from my first uh my first interactions with shonen jump as like a middle schooler finding it in the Barnes and nobles and being like oh my gosh i found the holy grail all the way to now where every new um volume that comes out i catch up like once every year or so so that there's a nice backlog there but i'm still a part of the subreddits and i see what is going
1: on and like
0: i i feel very firm in saying that uh one piece a uh a series which may have at this point like outsold batman is really a that's a bold claim pax i'm I'm a a huge
2: batman fan
0: let me see uh one piece sales uh I'm literally
2: reading a Batman comic right now.
0: Uh, So, list of best-selling manga. So, One Piece is at least on the top of it by a factor of at least 50%. (gasps) Oh, my God! Yeah, so, like, Dragon Ball has sold, like, 250 million. One Piece has sold 470 million full volumes, and it's still going. Holy Um, shit. Yeah, it is, okay, it's almost, it has almost left Batman, and... There's a reason for it. So let me know when you want to start the clock. But just for the the brief kind of like people who don't know about that, because I I feel like people know about DBZ. One Piece is a series about a pirate crew that forms around a uh, person named Monkey D. Luffy. Monkey D. Luffy being like the um, captain of the Straw Hat Pirates, all of whom uh, gain their abilities either through training or through getting their powers through things called Devil Fruits. Uh, which give them, like, one specific thing. So, Monkey D. Luffy is, like, the gum-gum man, does rubber, uh, he has a crewmate that is a cyborg, another crewman who <laughs> was a reindeer who ate the human-human fruit and became half-reindeer, half-human. Yeah. It's, like, a totally uh, batshit series, but I'm really grateful in that the arc that I'm going to talk about is not directly implicated in the full One Piece crew, but this is my favorite arc of all time in manga, and Hal, whenever you're ready to start the countdown, I'ma break it down. <sighs> All right, Pax. You ready to do this? I am ready, brother. Whenever you, you ready, pull the trig trig. Three, two, one, go. So, the first thing that people mention about the mangaka Achira Oda for One Piece is that he is somebody who, uh, despite the decades that have worn on since initial publication... Gets better and better and better with every arc. The artistry, the uh, social commentary, just elevating and elevating and elevating. So, uh, we have followed the One Piece crew, the crew of the Straw Hat Pirates. Um, One of their very first missions, the one where they got their third crew member, is one where they face a pirate called Arlong. Arlong is a fishman pirate. Someone who is part like uh, 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 Saw, saw blade. what's the Saw Shark type? Uh, Hammer. Hammerhead? uh, Oh, no, it's a saw. Okay, whatever. Oh, he's a oh, shark oh, man. Oh, oh, fuck. I know what you're talking he's about. A, he's a shark man with a saw nose. And you meet him initially, and he is all about, like, what's the difference between you and me? Oh, I know. It's our race. It's genetics. And he's like a fishman supremacist. And he has kind of, like, enslaved a human who winds up becoming the Straw Hats Navigator and Arlong and his fishman pirates. You find out that fishmen are uh, are humanoids in the world who are were enslaved underneath the humans, but have uh, some of them have been freed And they are like 10 times stronger than humans. They can breathe underwater. They are just like kind of miraculous, like fishy humanoids. And yet, the kind of like global capitalist cabal has enslaved the fishman. So, my favorite arc of all time in One Piece is the Fishman Island arc. We are already like a decade plus into One Piece. It's been hyped up. It's been 10 years? Yes. And so it's been like Fishman Island. What the fuck is in Fishman Island? We see the Fishman. What's in the island? Oh, what's your thing? It's been 10 years. No, that was one question. It's been 10 years. It's been more than 10 years at this point. So um, the halfway moment of this series happens after a time skip, and I won't spoil what the time skip is, but essentially all these Straw Hat Pirates become super, super souped up, and finally they have uh, gone onto the Shabbati Archipelago, which is the name of an island on which they cross the first half of, like, the Grand Line, Grand Line being, like, the big series of pirate islands that will lead you to becoming the Pirate King eventually. And so they're going halfway point of the series into the new world. But in order to go through that, the, you can think of it sort of as a graph where the One Piece uh, world is a, like there's an x-axis, which is just a strip of land, and then there's a y-axis, which is another strip of land. But um, you can cross over at certain points into this kind of like um, equator lines, a uh, series of islands through which other ships can't pass. It's a whole ordeal to get there, but that is called the, um, the, the, the uh, Grand Line. And then the new world. It's where all the hardest, badass, like crazy islands are because it's a world that's like 90% water. It's so cool. Pirate World of One Piece, so cool. But you've been hyped up. What's the Fishman Island? What's the Fishman Island? You finally get to Fishman Island after the Shopity Archipelago. The time skip has happened. All the uh, Straw Hat Pirates return so powered up. They come to Fishman Island, get their ship coated in what's essentially like a giant magic bubble, and they have to go underground because Fishman Island is underground. It is under the kind of like y-axis, which is this red line, which is just a full strip of land of no breaks, no islands. Question like number one- two. Yeah, yeah.
2: If Fishman Island is underground, is it technically an
0: island? Uh, it is an island because Fishman Island itself is encased in kind of like a a, a, uh, a radial orb of air. And okay. so there is actual island area in there right. which a, uh, a islander can breathe. And so they, they go underwater, and uh, Monkey D. Luffy comes in contact with like this uh, Kraken, and beats the shit out of the Kraken. But then, he befriends beats the, the shit Kraken. Out of a Kraken. He does. He's so powerful. He's not as powerful as Goku because Dragon Ball Z is bullshit. But they <laughs> befriend each other. One of the big lore pieces of One Piece is that the Fishmen are subjugated people, so the One Piece world is ruled by what are called the Celestial Dragons, who, in a great commentary on global capitalism, are basically these just like frickin', like. Uh, like Hunched over genetic homunculi monstrosities or like through generations of like inbreeding and just not needing to do anything, they are humans who just like have bubbles on their heads and are like like right around on the backs of their slaves and are just like oh, nobody can hurt me, nobody can hurt me. I am the richest person in the world um, and and monkey D. Luffy has at this point punched one of them in the face in order to like stop them from buying another slave because they have like a ton of slaves and so in the one piece world um which is very real and a great indictment on kind of like uh, uh, capitalist policy. There are slaves, and these slaves are kept in the celestial dragon, which again, these like inbred humanoid um, homies, uh, the, the island of Mary joie. and so Mary joie is where all the celestial dragons live. But there is this apocryphal tale where they've had all these slaves, and throughout the, the main story, you've come across a couple of them who have like these brands on their back. Uh, but one day, a fisherman named Fisher Tiger allegedly scaled up the mile high wall onto the red line which is again this like this like mile high continent road that rides along along like the y-axis of the world of just like straight land straight land in this 90 oh shit oh my god i'm not even close i'm gonna fail this terribly so um fisher tiger has like climbed up he he like frees all of the slaves of mary joie brings them back down and um at this point, Monkey D. Luffy is going to Fishman Island. He meets the king of the fishmen named Neptune. He meets the, um, the daughter of uh, Neptune named, like, uh, uh, Hiro- Hirohoshi. Uh, oh, that's not right at all. He meets the daughter of the Fishman who's like this, this giant, giantess baby. And she's hot as shit. And um, what, what goes after that Fishman Island is all the straw hats showing their power-ups. Meanwhile, there's this guy named um, um, Van, uh, 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 Vanden Decker... Or uh, something Decker, oh no this is so embarrassing Um, Vander Decken, Vander Decken and he is trying to marry the Fishman Island Princess and he has eaten a fruit a a devil fruit that's like the track track fruit and so essentially any weapon he throws will like pick the target that he last like locked onto and so all the time he's just throwing gigantic hand axes in the air at the princess to like just got auto lock, just he's He's ready he got auto lock, yeah it's like Halo cheat code auto lock, so he's throwing axes to try to um, um, release the princess to kind of wipe up since I, since I don't have that much time the general arc of Fishman Island is one that directly parallels the kind of like human civil rights movement where like uh, shout out to the kind of like unsung heroes of the civil rights movement who are women like uh, Diane Nash, uh, Maude Bayou um, Claudette Colvin a lot Fuck of people contributed to this but when you kind of lock onto American civil rights you think like Martin Luther King versus like Malcolm X and then maybe like Louis Farrakhan is in the background in terms of like radical homies so in Fishman Island, you find out that um, Arlong, actually, the, that dude who was in that, that last arc, was a disciple of the kind of like um, the, uh, the Martin Luther King corollary, which is Fisher Tiger. This dude who freed all the slaves, who physically crawled up this island, beat the shit out of the Celestial Dragons and freedom, And meanwhile, in this Fishman Island, why it's under the water is that they are subjugated. They're enslaved people, and they're waiting to see, can we join the humans up top? The fishmen don't believe it. The um, the, the queen of the uh, fishmen is desperately trying to get the people to sign on to this uh, treaty. Meanwhile, um, a a person named Hody Jones, who is like another person who is of the, the the Fisher Tiger School, is almost like the Malcolm X or Louis Farrakhan corollary. Where it's like an extremely... Um, Malcolm X wasn't extremely violent. Um, maybe like a Louis Farrakhan type where it's like, we will resort to like... Any means necessary to try to free the people. We will encourage, like, militarization. And so, locks onto some of this. Oh, gosh, how much time do I have left?
2: Two minutes and 20 seconds.
0: Okay. Essentially, the Fishman Island arc is this beautiful exploration of what happens in terms of uh, a, a, a people's struggle to seek civil rights. So you see this direct um, corollary through um, uh, the, the, the fishman people trying to find acceptance in the surface. A, a ton of really beautiful moments where the, the uh, fishman island queen who was trying to get signatures to rejoin the world above, you thought that she was assassinated by a human. That's a story everybody was told. It was actually Hody Jones, another fishman who has assassinated this woman. Uh, because he was driven by the ideology of Fisher Tiger, Fisher Tiger, that person who got all the way up to um, Mary to free the slaves, he also winds up freeing a human girl. While he frees that human girl, a, a, a girl named Koala, he takes her back to her island. And Koala, um, under pressure of kind of like this this oligarchy and the human government, turns Fisher Tiger in.
2: Can, question, and, question, question. Yeah, Koala. She sounds adorable. Can she climb trees? She can climb trees.
0: She's, she's one of the heads of the Revolutionary Army. Perfect. She's extremely strong and she's super cool. But uh, Koala. One minute, just, 10 seconds. I'm failing. Whatever. I don't know what the punishment is. You can tell what the punishment is. Uh, Koala's family, um, as Fisher Tiger returns uh, the, the, the daughter to her winds up, um, they they blow the whistle. They bring the admirals in. The admirals come into Fisher Tiger. and Fisher Tiger, who you've always known as this amazing amazing revolutionary uh, force, comes back and Fisher Tiger has this moment where the army surrounds him. They gun Fisher Tiger down. His soldiers are barely able to take him out alive, but he is bleeding. And Fisher Tiger, after having been betrayed by humanity again and again and again, as he is dying, he is a very rare blood type. Something where the transfusions cannot be provided to like fill in his life and save him. But they find a pack of human blood on the ship. And because human blood and fishman blood is all the same, it could save his life. And in this final moment, as Fisher Tiger's whole life has led up to this fighting and bleeding a slave himself, finding this will to rebel, he screams, my hatred will not allow me to accept this. I cannot let... Human blood into my system. Now, out know? of time.
2: I need you to take one more drink. Okay. Take take a full drink. First of all, I want you. To, I, I just want to reaffirm, Pax. Yikes. Yeah. I am one hundred percent invested in the story. I want to know more. I am going ah. to start reading one piece after this. That's I it. am involved. I am invested. I want you to finish your story. But I need you, when you're done, to take one more drink.
0: Very fair. So I, I, I have drunk there. Let me finish it up. So Fisher Tiger, at this point, has been this mythical character, character and has been, been built up over a decade by Achira Oda as, you know, the revolutionary freedom fighter, the person who freeing the slaves from marriage but in this final moment, as you learned that originally he was gunned down by the humans, you find that the truth is actually yes, he was gunned down by the humans, but he could have been saved. And Achira Oda's one of his trademarks is the face of somebody in tears, crying. Oh, it is so heightened, and as Fisher Tiger is just um, uh, uh, his face racked in pain the betrayal of having returned a child to their family, only for that family. Again, and it was so hard for him to admit, okay, I'm going to return this human child to the family against all of my will. I'm going to risk this. And the human family puts this brave face up to him and still blows him into the authorities. Um, as he is shot down, taken by the fishermen, and his only chance of release is getting this human blood transfusion, he kind of cries in anger and tears. and and it's, it's, it's exactly like anybody out there who has been possessed by their trauma, you know, sometimes it's like you can't free yourself from it. You know, it is possessing you. And in this moment, he says, I cannot allow human blood inside of me.
1: My hate
0: will not let it. I cannot let a human beat inside my heart. And I would rather die than accept him. All the while, he knows he could live. And it is this painful moment Of just the trauma and the pain of this kind of like generations of oppression killing Fisher Tiger. And Fisher Tiger passes. And so the whole Fishman Island arc is Luffy finding a way to free these people. Cody Jones is kind of this like um, uh, steroid addled revolutionary who just wants to uh, create Fishman supremacy. And um, meanwhile, he was the person who kind of assassinated like the the MLK corollary, the the Queen of the Fishmen, because in his mind, he saw his captain die and he's like, no. No chance. We're not rejoining the humans. And So whether you are talking about um, the rights of native folk or you are talking about like Larry Kramer and the, uh, the act of AIDS revolutionaries in New York City, any type of oppressed folk, there is this constant battle between the trauma that has been afflicted on you, your capacity for forgiveness, knowing then that no matter how much you forgive, you might be like the queen of the fishmen. You might get assassinated, blown up. You may not live. It is this thing where it really requires this faith, the the kind of the, the propulsion of humanity where what is it that's going to lead you to that next stage? Are you going to have that blind faith in the future, even knowing deep inside your heart that you're going to be killed for your beliefs, killed for your hope yes, for freedom? but you know? that
2: is what's so beautiful about it, you know? that yeah. That is what I, – I was reading the autobiography of Martin Luther King Jr. recently,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, and one of the things that I, I never realized was that he was – he was jailed so often. He was jailed so, yeah. so often. Like, like he was in jail more often than he was out on the streets uh, when he was protesting. And Yeah. And one of the realizations that I had after listening to a podcast called White Lies. Absolutely. Um, amazing, first of all. Amazing. Yeah. White Lies is incredible. Please listen to it if you're listening to this podcast right now. Um, one thing I realized was that he could have been killed at any time. And, yeah. and Fisher Tiger clearly was in the same position of, I am putting myself in a position where I, I am willing to die what I believe, for what I believe in, but that might happen at any time. That very well might happen. I might die at any point. And it might not be for the reason that I want. It might be for yeah. something that, that will be unsatisfying, dissatisfying for me. Um but it's worth it, you know. I, I, I feel as though okay, first of all, I'm gonna watch I'm gonna read one piece after this. I'm hooked. Oh, yeah. Pax, you got me yeah. hooked. I'm gonna read one piece. I'm like fucked up about this. But um Okay, first of all, you have to drink one more time. I'll drink with you though. Ready? Alright, let's go, let's go. On, yeah. Cheers.
1: I will cheers. Three Two, one, cheers! Boink. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs>
2: All of yeah. our listeners out there,
1: we just uh, finished up the night with a beautiful shot.
0: We did indeed. So, so again, the, the kind of final message I want to ring out here, not just in terms of One Piece, but in terms of like what's going on in the world right now, is that. Um, occasionally we will feel like possessed by this spirit of something greater than ourselves and we will feel driven by it and we will be um, so enraptured by like the stories of the people who have died for the rights that we enjoy today uh, that we ourselves feel like this this desire to martyr ourselves for the cause you know or 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 drive ourselves forward and i recently read this um great political article that or politico article from politico.com um which blew my fucking mind because It showed, it discovered that in the kind of like 60s and 70s, 10% of the um, 10% of the dues paying members of the KKK were paid FBI informants. No. Yes, I'm not kidding. So they and their 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 kind of cover story was like we are going to pay folks to kind of inform for the the FBI and pay for these cover agents. But in the same time, where MLK was assassinated and Malcolm X faced um, uh, extreme violence and, and all of these kind of like great revolutionaries were were met with violence, ten percent of the members of the KKK were active FBI CIA informants you can find this on Politico this is a super mainstream source yes. and so we can kind of see the ways in which shadowy like government figures are working against us and this is like a drunk takus episode we're getting serious as shit <laughs> with some of this shit you know um but all this uh, is to say I'm not going to try to like uh wrap this up with like one great beautiful message that summarizes all the lessons that we've learned <laughs> because we're talking about a manga first and foremost that is just a reflection of life but um one yeah, One Piece is special. Read One Piece, but uh, One Piece
2: sounds incredible, Pax. For those of you listening, yeah. I have never read One Piece. I have never watched One Piece. The only experience that I have had with One Piece was a crossover episode with um, with Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, and Toriko.
0: Right, that one. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. In which they had a little tournament, in which they had to like find the the ingredients for like a specific recipe or something like that and i remember like toriko luffy monkey d luffy i mean and son goku all fighting to find this like ultimate recipe or like this this animal this like squid octopus hybrid this giant creature like fed yeah. off of life energy um in order to create this this ultimate dish and I remember watching, like, Goku 2 and Super Saiyan 3 and fight Monkey D. Luffy and be like, man, fuck you, Monkey. Like, fuck you, Luffy. Goku's gonna wreck your shit. And and just, like, that's the only experience I've had with One piece After hearing such a rich, detailed, um, just incredibly soulful explanation of the history behind that manga and the anime, I'm, like... I'm so excited to start reading it, and I hope that everyone listening is excited to start reading it as well, because that is the kind of passion, that's the kind of excitement that we need behind this kind of art form, especially in a time like today, in which art is is undervalued, in which it is yeah you know it is demonized even yeah
0: um and 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 let me, let me be the first to say you know One Piece has its issues for me it's like um. Uh, women's like character designs are kind of just like uh sure at, at at a certain point you know i can complain about it all we want and also i'm not going to try to wrap all the lessons up and moralize to you the intelligent listener because we're just you know tr- two drunk bitch nerds you know talking about our shit here and hanging um but at the same time i hope that like the, the message that can kind of bring through here is that like you know we're too drunk homies hanging out um for this episode but as we're talking about life reflecting art we might have this perception of um Anime is either just like some kind of like uh Pokemon, uh, you know, childish explanation of, you know, why friendship is good and lit, uh or, or some uh conception of like high school of the dead style, just horniness of gigantic bouncing boobies everywhere. But there really is some 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 beauty and truth to be found in this art form. And I hope that everybody out there in Covid is you know <laughs> doing pretty well. you're considering your uh your 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 place in the world, making sure that you're fighting the best fights that you can, taking care of yourself but um I guess in the realm of one piece it, it's telling that like i I did not mention any of the eight main characters of the crew in describing this arc. You know what I mean, and I think that that's what some really great art can do is because the whole arc has implications for all the main characters, but it's also very. Um, it's just extremely worldly and they have arcs that e- examine kind of like healthcare systems, they have arcs that examine like the nature of monarchy and democracy all while having some of the fucking funniest combats and crazy yeah. bullshit going on and reindeer humans, so so that there's a reason why One Piece is at the top of uh, the, the, the all-time charts it really does keep topping itself and uh, honestly DBZ is still going for, for a very similar reason about what it says about like willpower and truth for sure
2: that's the thing, like, like I'm, I'm, I, I'm totally aware that DBZ is, at its core, not quite as deep as some other shows that are on on the air today, or other manga that are that are out there today. I I totally understand that at its at its core, its depth is is relatively shadow shallow. <laughs> but I also understand that for me, for from my back, from my past, and my experience in life. The story of pushing past your limits and the story yeah. of your, your past experience, past experiences not dictating who you are in the future and today, for me, that is instrumental
0: in mm-hmm. creating
2: who you are and, and who you yearn to be in the future.
1: And, and I just really, really fuck with. This,
2: this concept of that constant anime stereotype of that protagonist being like, no, I can push past my limits. Yeah. I can yearn to be better. I can be the person that I dreamt of being as a child. And yeah. for me, like, One Piece, Dragon Ball Z, one thing
1: that is, that is universal is hope. That is one hope. thing that is in both of
2: those and in every other thing, especially something that we need today, hope, something that we need to hold on to and bring with us no matter where we go. We need to understand
1: that we are going to continue growing. We are going to continue learning. And despite the, the travesties
2: that, that we have to endure, that the, the obstacles that we have to face...
1: We will grow and we will continue to endure.
0: Yeah. And to um quote uh somebody, we're we're both a fan of Open Mike Eagle. When Open Mike Eagle says like uh, uh black people need anime the most.
1: Yeah. It, yeah, it's
0: really something that that that, that kinda like leads to the, the the power fantasy of it where at all times it's kinda like uh leftist people who believe in believe in finding a way to you know secure the future of humanity and the safety and prosperity of everybody we need to kind of balance this dual thing of there are all these systems that are responsible for this oppression and that are really bad and we need to acknowledge all those things and know that it's, it's bad but at the same time also as much as possible taking some personal responsibility and hope for saying like yes there's all these things and yet i am me and i can still push forward absolutely i can still find that power fantasy so um that said, uh, as we've kind of left this drunk taco episode on a on a pretty philosophical note, I am really grateful to y'all, the listeners, for for reaching out with your stories, and I hope at this point um, we we can all kind of connect with the the beauty of humanity as we are in like a really dark ass COVID winter. You know what I mean? It's really dark out here. I mean, literally, sunsets at the like four thirty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but 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 also just with what everybody's dealing with. I know I know Hal has shared some really personal stories of um. Covid lost with me, and I hope that everybody who's listening is finding some security and strength in in the solace of friends, community, whatever. But uh, I hope we can be, you know, a little part of that. And uh, yeah, with- and,
2: and and for those of you listening now, if you ever feel like you you know you need to hear, you have this question burning on your heart, if you have the question burning on your soul that you need answered, that something you just need something answered, you need someone to acknowledge you now in this incredibly difficult time, please, please reach out to us. Please post yeah. on our Facebook page. Please comment on our Twitter page. Please reach out to us in any way that you can.
0: a break and through my window. Come to my house. Yeah,
2: But, but, but seriously, we are doing this for the For the novelty of the human experience, we we really, truly want to experience life with you in this time because it is difficult for all of
0: us. Damn, you are drunk, bitch. I am drunk, (laughs) (laughs) fuck. We're doing this for the novelty of the human experience. (laughs) But but No, but seriously, but nowadays the human experience is like
2: seriously cheapened. We really don't get to to, to acknowledge it for the richness that it has and and the, the, the beauty that is... Uh, within our lives, if you ask me tomorrow if I'm going to say any of this, I'm going to deny
1: it, bitch. <laughs> oh, but,
2: but, but seriously, <clears throat> if any of you would like to reach out to us, if you have any questions you want answered, if you have any shows that you want us to check out, if you have any manga that you want us to read, please, please comment on our Twitter or Facebook page. We would love to hear from you. And it's good to hear from fellow Brotakus. We would love to know that you're out there.
0: Please reach out to us. Hell yeah. So, um, with that said, I think that's a good button point. So, uh, I'll say, I'm Pax. And I'm Hal. And this and has this been Bro-, is
1: bro- oh, oh, let's do it.
0: Okay, wait, let's do that again. Take two. And so, I think, I think that's a really good, uh, a button to end it on. And so, that, uh, that said, I'm Pax. And I'm Hal. And, and we're, we're the bro Tacos. And we love you all so much. And we're going to see you next week. Good night, guys. Good night, y'all.
1: Round your city, round the clock. Everybody needs you. No, you can't make everybody equal.